You're listening to You're listening to the to the Beer O'Clock the Beer O'Clock Show. You're listening to the Beer O'Clock Show. It's Beer O'Clock and it's the Beer O'Clock Show where every week we take a selected beer and we enjoy it immensely. My name is Mark and joining me as always is my beer buddy Steve. Hello Steve. Hi Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing alright mate, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Very good. Also joining us and we're very excited is a friend, long time friend of the show and I think he might be a blogger and home brewer or something like that. <laughs> it's Connor Murphy, hello Connor. Evening, how are you doing? Doing alright mate, how are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Very good. Great. We've got a tremendous looking beer to feature tonight. It is the Espresso Stout 6.5% from Squawk Brewing, a collaboration they've done with Bean Brothers Coffee Company. But before we get to that, Steve, you got some news, mate? Of course, mate. There's always news. Here's your pips. Beep, 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 beep. Okay, so first up this week, um, some news about the Big Beery Night that we held last week, which was our drink a beer for for charity thing. Um, As we record this podcast tonight, we are at £2,839 that that we've raised um, for that. And I just wanted to take this moment to say thank you to everybody that got involved, um, all of our listeners, everybody that got involved in the auction, everybody that's donated. It's been an absolutely fantastic effort. Um, and hopefully it's something that will be be back again in the future, um, bigger and even better than it was this year. So thank you, everyone, for getting involved in that, and thanks for supporting it. Um, next up, uh, in the last week, the annual car scale report was released. This is where um, basically the industry has a look at what it's doing and decides whether car scale is doing a good job or not. Um, basically, uh, there is a trend... Um, towards cask ale drinking um, amongst drinkers these days. Um, cask is forecast to hit around 20% of on-trade beer by 2020, which is fairly significant when beer accounts for 64% of the average pub's sales. Um, industry experts are, uh, are saying that cask ale is now cashing in on what people want from pubs today, which is a premium experience that can't be replicated at home. Um, also, other headlines from it, cask ale drinkers visit the pub twice as often as the average person, and the car scale drinker spends almost double the average amount of, of a person in a pub, around £967 a year. For full <laughs> details on that report, it's cask-mark.co.uk backslash cask.matters. Um, next up in this week's news, uh, World Beer Awards were this week. And um, apparently the world's greatest beer is now um, Fishtail. Um, Fishtail Owls Beyond the Pow. This is the uh, world's greatest beer. So this was um, over a thousand beers from on 30 countries entered into the awards with judges blind tasting the beers. Final two rounds were held in London where 50 international brewers, industry experts and journalists tasted and voted on the beers. Uh, there is a massive list um for for go and have a look yourself and see all the various winners all all the different styles and everything you can see it at www.worldbeerawards.com um new beer will uh new beer news uh thornbridge have released tart which is their bakewell sour uh that's now available in bottles from their website uh a beer that i finally got to try back at the london craft beer festival thoroughly enjoyable collaboration with wild beer I would say find it and give it a go. 
Um, and then finally, um, just to say the uh, beer merchants have got a new website. Um, it's brand spanking new and it's all shiny and they're stocking a lot more beers on there now as well. They're now to around 500 products or so on their website. Um, and linked to that, the guys have joined our ever-growing list of online suppliers that offer our listeners a discount. Oh. So we're, we're now one of only two people that carry a, a discount for beer merchants. Um, so that's another 10% that you can get. All of the details are on our beer list page on the website. But check out beermerchants.com and you can use our new discount code to get 10% off there. Um, and that's uh, that's it for this week's news, mate. Oh, very good. That is a, quite a big chunk of news to get through. It is, but I've tried to keep it down, mate. I've, I've tried to keep it down so it's not so much me. <laughs> well, how about a little bit more of you, mate? How's your beer, beery week been? No, no. Let's have let's have uh, some of you now. Let's, me? I, I, yeah, the the listeners need a a break from from my <laughs> voice. So either either some of you or some of Connor. Okay, well let's do me first because it won't take very long, as usual. And oh, is, it, is it the what have we been drinking this week by any chance? Sorry? Is it the what have we been drinking this week then yeah. by any chance if it's not going to take very long? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I did ask how your beery week is. My beery week came down to a Friday night when I had uh, Wolfie Smith from By the Horns Brewing, which was in um, the latest Ebria box that they sent us. Um, lovely hops, not so much lovely malt in my opinion they kind of ruined the beer for me i think it was a little bit too malty a bit lighter malt would be much nicer but you know it's a decent beer anyway 5.2 percent uh yeah it's got admiral amarillo chinook and pearl so a nice little combination there but otherwise i've not got around to trying that one yet It's, it's an ipa isn't it if i'm if i'm not mistaken from memory i think so yeah Okay. So you'll you'll like the hot flavors coming. For me, it was just if if the, if the malts were a bit cleaner, it would have been nicer. Okay. But, Maybe I'll try okay. and get that down me this week and 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 see what I think. Yeah. Be good to hear your thoughts. Okay. Connor, how's your beery week been, buddy? It's been good. Yeah. Um. The, 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 well, actually, the last night I was out was um during big beery nights when I I went down to my um my local I call it nowadays but a new place that's open in Heaton Mersey called Bottle. Um, and I really enjoyed Easy Answers IPA by um, Burning Sky. Really, really lovely beer. So, um, so that was good. And Quantum's Brett Sea Pale as well, which was um, their, their pale ale that they, um, they do fermented with Brett, which was nice, funky, funky pale ale with all the, the, the good hot flavours that we that we all know and love too. Cool. Anything else that you want to report? Um, yeah, the, I think I mean I've, I've got myself a bottle of wine and cheap ranch as well, which, which seems to be bottled in the last couple of weeks, which I'm very excited about. I've not I've not cracked it open yet, but that's um that's in the fridge chilling. I might I might just um lay into that one after the show tonight. So. <laughs> I, I couldn't I couldn't resist. I got two bottles of it, and when I realised they were less than a week in the bottle, they both went in the same evening. <laughs> <laughs> as as quick as I could chill them, they were gone um straight away, and that that is a beer that's tasting banging at the moment. Oh, good, good. I'm glad to hear it. I've, I've, I've also got a, um, had a few Firestone Walker beers recently as well. Um, beer merchants were doing, have started doing them, so I grabbed, grabbed a few off there. And as ever, really, really, really good. I mean, Double Jack is just one of the best double IPAs out on the market at the moment. So, so I really enjoyed those too. Cool. How about you, Steve? How's your week, beery week been? 
Well, it, it, yeah, beery. Um, the the fri Friday night, the big beery night was uh, an interesting one. I was at uh, Sean Smith's pub, um, kind of running the auction and things, and literally getting my glass constantly filled. Um, we we had a little bit of a cheeky bottle share down there um, during the evening, so there was a lot of beers drunk that night. And then on um, on Saturday night, I went to a, a tap takeover and a meet the brewer in in Colchester at the Victoria Inn. Um, oh, nice. Weird beard um, were down. And and this was interesting because this was a it was a it was a tap takeover that was actually as a result of Twitter and public demand that the guys from Weird Beard come down and do it. So they agreed, they came down, they they put a load of their cask beers on and a few of their kegs, and it was a really good night. Um the, the two standout beers for me were Hit the Lights, which I had on cask, which is an IPA, just just over five percent IPA, which uh, sad to hear actually that, that that Brian, who was there from Weird Beard, actually announced the retirement of that beer on on Saturday night. They're they're, they're no no longer going to make it. So so the batch that that I had was the last batch that will ever be available of that. Um, and basically said his reasoning for it is he is is because he loves it too much. Um, he said he said he loves it so much he wants somebody else to produce it so he can enjoy it without having to put the effort in to, to it. So I actually think he was he was suggesting that he was looking to let somebody else take that recipe and start producing that beer. So that'll be huh. interesting to see if that actually comes out. Um, and then probably the, the the beer that was then the the the, the real highlight of my week was um, their five o'clock shadow, which is their American IPA coming in at seven percent i i had a couple of pints of that and that that was tasting really cracking so yeah it was a it was a good week in all very good well talking about beer as we always do let's get into this week's one mate yeah let's this is uh our first stout of the winter season yep espresso first stout now is this considered a squawk beer or a bean brothers coffee company beer oh it's um a bit of bit of both really, but but main, yes, Squawk drive it. Um, the the brewer at Squawk, Ollie, um, used to work um, at the coffee shop which produces the beans. So because um, he's he's from Huddersfield, um, so he, he worked over there, set up a brewery in Manchester, and decided to um, do a collaboration brew with them. And it's um it's the only one in the Squawk range that's that's um that's consistently produced. They they don't they don't have a core range, don't repeat any beers apart from the espresso stout. And that's just down to popular demand more than anything. But check out that when it's poured out. Bloody hell. Yeah. Um, just just to pick up what, what Connor was saying there, Connor's actually um, also did an interview with Ollie for us um, for this week's show. So that's on the end of tonight's show. Um, it'll be a, a, a nice change for our listeners to hear hear somebody else conducting the interview <laughs> rather than myself. Um, so, so, yeah, and Ollie talks about this beer and the background of it and where it came from and all the other bits about the brewery and how it comes about. And, and also um, they, they chat about Indie Man as, as well. So make sure you hang around for that one at the end. And as I was saying, poured out lovely and black. Yeah, with look at that. Gorgeous, like a almost a light milk chocolate head on it. The colour on it. You can't even get a light through that. It's it's so thick no. and dark. Yeah. Which is which is lovely. It's just what I look for in a in a nice stout. It's got a kind of nice heft to it as well, isn't it? It's it's um it's smooth, slightly oily, and really really holds well in the mouth. Well, are you drinking it already? I am. I'm, 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 I've, I've, I'd started before you. Before you'd even cracked it. Sorry, I couldn't. <laughs> Connor, is it that good? Uh, anyway, uh, Steve, we have to catch up. So yeah, yeah, we do. Cheers, cheers, mate. cheers guys. Cheers.
Cheers. Well, the hops are really present in that. Oh, that coffee is really nice as well. That, so, that coffee is bang on, so, isn't it? Yeah. Lovely coffee, chocolate creaminess. Coming really clean, that. isn't it? The, the, the kind of yeah. that, that bitterness you get, the real nice, clean espresso bitterness. That is class. Bloody hell. You can, you can see why it's the only one they produce time and time again, can't you? Yeah, and it's really sticky as well. Oh, it is. That's... Lots of residue. Mm. That that is incredible. That is um, oh, that's got a big bit of finish to it from yeah, that that's... coffee, um, and that's lovely. That that's that that's. I mean, that's how I like to drink my coffee as well. I, I like it to have a lasting sort of that that dark roasted feel in in the mouth for for a while. Um, and, and you like to have beer exactly... in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is that is spot on. <laughs> With some coffee stouts as well, I think there's, there's there's sometimes a tendency to get a bit of a kind of ashy taste. Sometimes it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's sometimes feel a little bit rougher. Um, with this, I, th- I think it's it really nice. It cuts cuts really clean across the palate. You get that bitterness and it dries out really nicely in the finish too. So like you, like you said, Mark, I think there's you, you get the kind of earthiness, the slight spice of the hops too there um, yeah. coming through coming through nicely. And too many coffee stouts, they just lose that coffeeness completely it might be a bit on the nose and it might be a bit bitter but you don't get you know when you have a nice thick cup of coffee (laughs) 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 for want of a better phrase um but no it it tastes like a really well brewed you know you know when you go to a coffee shop and the kind of coffee shop where they sit and they you know they really work it and they actually put some effort into it and then you get this lovely rich cup of coffee. This is what this is like. <laughs> yeah, that kind of really dense espresso with the kind of the nice whipped crema on top of it. It's, yeah, um, yeah, that's it's it, it does the job perfectly. Uh, I, I I absolutely agree with what you're both saying. It's it's perfectly balanced for me. It's got all of the characteristics that I look for in a in, in a really good coffee. Um, but then it's got this amazing alcohol flavor that sits behind it from from the stout that just comes through and it just balances really well with that coffee um this is this is bang on for me it's bang on style and um just want to say thanks to to ollie at squawk because he did actually send us these bottles down to to try on the show and actually thanks to connor as well for for muling them all the way down from from manchester for us as well to, <laughs> someone else to, did the muling for once i know somebody else did the muling somebody else did the interviewing it's like what's going on <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're outsourcing finally. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, labour's cheaper in Manchester. (laughs) What I love about this is you you basically have a glass of coffee and just running through it very subtly is that beery alcohol notes, but it doesn't overpower it. It just, like you're saying, Steve, it's so well balanced. It it doesn't feel... It's six point five percent at all. No. When 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 you're drinking it, it's it's not like when I said you get that alcohol feel from it. It's not like you get an alcohol burn or anything. You know you're drinking beer, but you don't realise it's you're not getting the feel of a six point five percent beer in in your mouth. What you're getting is the feel of a coffee, um, almost with a hint of beer. Mhm. Yeah. Super dangerous. Six point five percent and being so drinkable. Incredibly dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's got the body just right. It's because it, it it's it's got that heft. It's it holds up well in the mouth. It's it's slightly oily, 
but it is also really drinkable. And that dry finish helps that. It goes down so well, and it it's it gives you a, there's a slight residue in the mouth, but that clears quite quickly. So it's, it leaves you wanting more constantly. Yeah, it's it's left me with a very light film, if you know, for want of a better phrase. <laughs> but I don't have a mouth full of like Steve or either one of you were saying that ashiness that you can get from a lot of coffee stouts. You know, where you just feel like your mouth is dirty afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's a very clean finish and it's um really enjoyable. It's probably not one you'd want to have too many of if it's got espresso in it, because that'd keep you awake at night, wouldn't it? Um, if if you drunk too much of that. Yeah, it's it's, it's dangerous at half eight at night to um to sit down and have, have one of these. Yeah, to crack one of these. Yeah, say <laughs> say goodbye to the night. Yeah, let's com- let's compare notes afterwards. See how we get on tonight. Yeah. <laughs> now, Connor, being from up that way, I assume you're going to Indie Man this year. I am indeed. Yeah, I've um I've made the slightly foolish, I say foolish, probably foolish decision <laughs> of, of buying a full fat ticket this year. So, um, I'm intending on being there. Thursday evening all the way through to Sunday. Um, but we'll see how that works out. So you and Steve will be propping each other up, basically? Probably. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be kind of shadow for a few days, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think. We'll have to help each other at our most vulnerable moments. <laughs> yeah, but you've, you've got you've to um, stay a little bit sober, haven't you? Because aren't, you're, you're doing something on the Thursday night, aren't you? Uh, at the at the event this year yeah we've um working with claudia um who's one of the organizers we've, we've pulled together a kind of bit of a panel debate um we wanted to when they, in the first year of indie man they did a kind of state of craft beer um debate with with a few kind of industry figures involved and they wanted to do an update of that really but just looking at the industry as a whole what's going on in beer has has the influx of new breweries helped or hindered um is quality um declining as a result so just talking around the, all those issues when we've got together kind of John Keeling from Fuller's, um, Paul Jones from Cloudwater, um, Mark Wellsby from Runaway, who's another um, small Manchester brewery, um, Maggie Kubler from Beerhawk, um, and Stu McKinley from the Eastie Boys as well, just to, to kind of give a real variety of, of, of different viewpoints. Um, people coming from different countries, obviously, as well, and, and um, yeah, thrash it out, see what we come out with. <laughs> I'm I'm really looking forward to that session. Um, that's 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 one of the things that's on my to to do list at this year's festival. So 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 other than actually hosting that, what what are you really looking forward to from from this year's event? Are there any um things that are really standing out on you as being must dos or must tries in in terms of some of the beers that you think are going to be available? Some of the some of the collaborations look great um, as ever. The, last year, some, they, they were some of the best beers best best beers on show. Um, and this year, I've been told that the collaborations will be put on one bar together, so giving you more ease of access. Um, so I'm really looking forward to them. Squawk have done a, a, a fig porter um, for, for the for the festival, so that's I'm looking forward to trying that one particularly. But also, um, one of my gripes last year was um, that the that cask beer seemed to be kind of put in the shadow put in the shadow of keg a little bit and. Um, Coming from Manchester and, and with the, the cast scene being so strong up here, it, it felt a little bit wrong. So uh, it's it's nice to know that they've they've got a dedicated cast bar this year. So um, I'll be I'll be frequenting that I'm sure to to give as a as a nice counterpoint to all the the, the decent keg stuff on offer. Yeah, it it certainly looks like being a good year. Um, I mean they've not released too many details of 
exact beer lists as yet. We've got a good idea of what breweries are going to be involved and what's going to be available over the weekend. Um, do, do you think that maybe this year is going to be the year that, that, that the festival outgrows the venue? There's a, there's a danger of it, I think, yeah. Um, you, you remarked this, and, and, I, and I've, we've, we've had discussions about this in the past, but last year was just right, I think. I, th- I think there was, there was enough people there to, to make use of the space, to make it feel like a real festival and a real party atmosphere, but not too many that you had to queue too long for the bar or that you felt like you were treading on people's toes when you were walking around. Um, and the venue can't really, there's not much more room for expansion so they're at a real kind of tipping point where they've got to decide, I think, do they want to expand the festival or are they happy with keeping it at Victoria Baths? Because the baths are so stunning, have been such a part of Indyman's success that it would seem a real shame to move it. I suppose the risk is if, if, if you don't move it, what, what you end up doing is you end up essentially closing it to a huge amount of people that, that aren't quick enough to get tickets off, off, the, off the bat. Um, and, and I suppose, as you say, it's a tipping point for the organisers this year. It's, it'll be interesting to see at this point in two weeks' time whether we're remarking whether it was too busy, too crowded. Yes, it needs to move venue. It'll be interesting to, to see what the festival's, festival's like come the weekend. I think, I think it's, it's a good question. And I think, I think yes, it's, it's, getting, it's getting that way because um, last year was, was, was the perfect balance between a great atmosphere, a busy, busy rooms throughout the whole festival, but also um, short queues for the bar. And you didn't feel like you were kind of treading on people's feet when you were when you were walking around the place. So it was re- it was really good. But um, but the venue doesn't allow room for expansion, despite being an absolutely beautiful, stunning venue. You know, the, the kind of old Edwardian baths, they by their very nature are kind of limited in space. So they're going to have to make a tough decision on whether they want to move out of there and, and, and go for a bigger venue to open it up to more people or to, to try and continue making the most of, of, of what they do have. Um, but the, the, the difficulty is that, that obviously um, a limited amount of people will be able to, to attend the festival. Yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see that, you, you know, in the next couple of weeks as, as, as to what the festival was like. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really looking forward to it again. I'm really excited about it. Um, I'm excited about trying new beers and, and I'm, I'm going to be searching out new beers to try this year. So I'm going to go on public record to say now I'm, I'm, I'm going to try not just to steam in and just be drinking pints of Cannonball and Halcyon for, for the entire festival. I'm going to try. I'll, I'll and... hold you to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Some, someone needs to. Um, but, but yeah, I, I remember looking... you last year when you, when you, when you skipped merrily to the house to the <laughs> shouting halcyon halcyon was, yeah yeah a few people commented on that it was literally like i saw it go on the bar and it was the quickest hundred meters ever um yeah no i'm looking forward to trying a lot of the new beers i'm, I'm certainly looking forward to to try and um i, I want to try a lot of the local stuff as well so i want to try a lot of the stuff that's going to be on from from um around the sort of like the manchester scene and that I'm looking forward to giving the cloud water beers a try, and I'm looking forward to trying squawk stuff as well. Because if if the beer we're drinking tonight is anything to go by, then then what Ollie's doing there is is absolutely bang on. 
Yeah, it'll be good to see. Ollie's, Ollie's taking, um, they've got their own portable bar, which they take around with them to, to do markets in the, in the local area. So you'll be able to see him a mile off. It's a Squawk branded bar. And, he, and he's a really good, really good bloke as well. So if you're at the festival and you want to try Squawk beers, definitely have a, have a chat with Ollie too. He's, he's a really passionate guy and, and we'll, we'll be happy to spend some time with you. But keep it, like you say, Stephen, there's, this, there's other Manchester breweries there as well. And keep your eye out for Runaway and Cloudwater, who are doing some great stuff at the moment. Um, Market Runaway is, is a virtually one-man band, um, a small brewery making some really cracking stuff, really consistent, consistently good beer. So he's worth seeking out. So uh, let's get our final thoughts on this beer, guys. What do you think of the espresso stout from Squawk? I think you've all had plenty to say about it, but let's get your, <laughs> your, your summary of your thoughts. Connor, let's, let's go to you first, mate. Uh, but I, just, I can't give it high enough praise, really. It's, it's. I think it's of of the the modern beers being produced in Manchester. It's it's one of the best out there at the moment. Um, and I think it's it's just it's a lot with a lot of um, coffee stouts. Um, a lot of the ones which which are higher in strength tend to just be a little bit too thick for me sometimes. And and mm-hmm. I was going to mention before about that kind of ashiness you sometimes get. Yeah, it's just it's just such a a great balance between. Um, heft and drinkability, and I, I, I love a good beer that's, that's that's drinkable that you can you can feel like you can knock it back. So, so, you know that's that's what makes it such a such a cracking beer. Yeah, I think that sums up my thoughts perfectly. Steve, what about you? Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree. It's perfectly balanced. Um, it's it's light enough to drink. It it's like a boozy coffee. It's 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 absolutely perfect, and and it gives you the it, it gives you the lasting bitterness and coach your mouth in a way that a really good coffee does um mm-hmm. and and i think that's that's the difference between a, a a coffee beer that's been done really well and and, and one that hasn't and, and this is clearly one that's been done really well yeah cool so that's the espresso start from squawk collaboration with bean brothers coffee company squawker from manchester and bean brothers are from huddersfield both up north <laughs> Uh, Steve, do you have an Instagram of the week, mate? Yes, mate. Uh, the, the the winner of this week's um, great big box of nothing, uh, the, the the prize this prize is Eric likes beer for a, a cracking picture of a, a glass of beer in his fridge. It, it looks like he literally emptied the fridge to take this picture. So there's some so some real effort gone into that piece of craft wankery there. Um, so, so congratulations, Eric. Um, the, the great big empty box of nothing is on its way to you. And if you'd like a, a chance to win your own empty box of, of nothing, um, put your picture up on Instagram. Use the hashtag cheers, guys. And if it's the one that catches my eye next week, you will be the winner. That elusive prizeless prize. Indeed. So and finally, mate, I think I saw some kind of whisperings on Twitter today about this. But what's the hot topic for this week? Okay, so so this week this week's hot hot topic was a, a simple question of picture taggers, um, yes or no, and why. And and I think I think the actual question perplexed a lot of people. They didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> um, it's essentially, and we've got our number one fan to to thank for this. This was one one of his suggestions. So Miles, this is your fault that this one's gone tits up this week. Um, basically, over the summer, and I did notice this as well because it it got I got to the point where it fucked me off 
to, to the point where I actually changed our Twitter profile settings so people couldn't do it anymore. But we, <laughs> we were getting tagged in to pictures of beer that the world and his wife were taking. And there was one guy in particular, and I'm not going to name him, but he was literally tagging me into a picture of every single beer he was drinking. And and this isn't, when I say tagging, I don't mean that he's, he's actually putting at beer o'clock show in the tweet. What you can do is you can use the picture option in Twitter to actually tag people into the beer. So you can get your 140 yeah. characters in the tweet and then you can add up to 10 people in the picture. So it just it widens your reach. And there's been a bit of a prevalence of, as, as well of um, kind of medium and larger size companies are doing the same. They're tagging bloggers in and, and they're, they're tagging people that broadcast about beer into their pictures as a way to try and get their products known. And mm -hmm. it was it was that that kind of finally broke the the the, the camel's back with, with me was I was just fed up with being tagged into every picture of every beer that people were drinking. So I changed the settings so you, so you now can't do it. So if people actually want to tag us into something, they've got to mention us in in the tweet. And this week's hot topic was simply what do people think of those picture taggers? So in response to the question that I put out on Twitter earlier, um, Clayfish came back with some tweets that I can't repeat live on air <laughs> due to the language in them. Um, Lou on Brew said it's only happened to her once on Facebook. She's disabled her Twitter tags, but it's probably only a problem for world-famous podcasters. Um, and then the guys from Hop and Barley said it's bad when it's shamelessly employed as a marketing tool by social media agencies and that they think it's poor etiquette. And I just, I suppose I wanted to get Con, I'd, I'd love to get Connor's thoughts on this because Connor sometimes has a, a has this sort of alter ego that gets a little bit angry and ranty. And, <laughs> and I want to know if that side of Connor has ever been awakened by people pick, tagging you into pictures that you don't necessarily want to be tagged into. Um, yes, <laughs> in short. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I, don't, I think, I think you touched on it there with one of the tweets, I think Hop and Barley said, it, it's, it's just, it's just poor etiquette. Um, I, I think I'd, I'd only expect people to tag me in a photo if A, I know them um, and know them well, if they're my friends, and B, if it, if it relates to me in some way. So I, I think just, just tagging me randomly in pictures to, to get my attention, I'd rather you didn't. <laughs> there's, there's enough going on on Twitter, enough going on in life in general that I don't need to have be spammed by 50,000 pictures every day. <laughs> And I, I think that's a point that I got to as well. But disappointingly for me, because because I've now disabled it on, on Twitter, it means that when I am out with friends, they can't actually tag me into the pictures if they've taken a picture of, of, of me within that image. And and they have to use up the characters in, in the tweet if they want to. So it, it's unfortunate that it, it's got to that stage. Um, Mark, have you, have you got any views on this one, mate, this week? Uh, I've never been tagged in a picture except on Facebook. Um if I'm not in the picture and you tag me, you will you will receive my undying ire. Um <laughs> <as> mark. Because <laughs> frankly, I think that's bullshit. Don't tag people unless they're actually in the photo. If you if you want me to look at it, then just at me. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's know what you think, guys. Use the hashtag Hop Topic and let us know what you think about people randomly tagging you in their pictures. Indeedy. So coming up next week. Mate, we, we're continuing our Indie Man 
stuff aren't we, we? we are we're, co we're continuing kind of this little series that we're running as a, as a little bit of a preview of what's coming up at indie man and then we'll do a, a post indie man show as well so so next week um we're, we're featuring a, a brewery that unless you've had your head buried in the sand for the last year you can't have helped <laughs> but notice them um we've got Cloudwater brew co on next week and we're featuring their new nz hop and vice um which is from their their, their autumn range Plus, we've got um, an amazing interview with, with Paul Jones, who's one of the co-founders of um, Cloudwater. And possibly next week, um, we might be at a stage where some beer lists have been released for Indie Man as well. So I might be able to get a little bit excited on, on air <laughs> and, and, and tell you which beers I'm most looking forward to drinking that aren't Cannonball and Halcyon. What do you mean you might get a little bit? You, you're already too excited. I am giddy with excitement. To, to, this to is be almost... Fair. We're almost on the verge of being the Indie Man O'Clock Show. It, well, well, it is, but, you know, when something's good, you've got to celebrate it. <laughs> it is your favourite time of year it's, when Indie Man rolls around. This is my favourite time of year. It's better than Christmas. <laughs> big, big, it's Christmas, yeah. Yeah. Um, and next week's show might have the highlight of being the one show where the interview at the end after the Tinky Tinky music is longer than the actual show itself. Uh, absolutely. I, I recorded an interview with Paul that literally could have gone on for hours. I've, I have to say, in all the interviews that I've, I've done for, for the show and all the chats I've had with people, I don't think I've ever spoken to anyone that came across quite as passionately, passionately about what he does as Paul Jones from, from Cloudwater. So um, that's definitely one to keep your ears open for next week. Um, but also make sure you hang around for tonight's interview as well, which Connor did for us with Ollie from school. I was going to say that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I felt as though I had the segue, so I was going with it. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, Ollie from Squawk, interviewed by the charismatic and handsome Connor Murphy after the tinkly tinkly music. Don't forget, you can get your beers from Ales by Mail, beautiful beers, beer merchants, and Ebria, who all now offer a 10% discount to Beer O'Clock Show listeners on any beers from their range. Check out all the details on our beer list page on the website. Connor, where can people find you, mate, online? Um, I'm a pest on Twitter um, at Like the Murphys, so um, check me out on there. And um, a blog at beerbattered.co.uk. Um, I'm, I'm going to be doing quite a few pieces in the build up to Indie Man. I've. Um, Kind of got seven, seven blogs that leading up to the event with um, perspectives wow. from different people, um, including your very own Steve Bentall. So <laughs> keep an eye out for that. Very good. I don't want to ask for my views on, on, on shit. It's because you're not going. I know. <laughs> <laughs> one year I will, one year I will. <laughs> you can find us online at beeroclockshow.co.uk, on Twitter at beeroclockshow, on Instagram at beeroclockshow. Steve is on untapped at beershowsteve. I'm on untapped at beershowmark, and I'm on Twitter at beershowmark. Next week, Cloudwater Brew with a New Zealand hop advice. Until next week, Stevie. It's been the highlight of my week. And mine. Thank you, Connor. Cheers, Connor. Bye-bye. This beer o'clock and this week's interview is with Ollie from Squawk Brewing Co. and was recorded for us by this week's guest, Connor Murphy. So, uh, about the beer, so what what was the idea behind it? How did it come about and, and why is it your only core beer, I suppose? Oh, um, so it could be quite a long story, perhaps. Uh, the guys that, um, that roast the beans, they also have a coffee shop in my hometown, Huddersfield, uh, called Coffee Evolution. And I worked there when I was younger, uh, which is kind of where the drinks obsession started. So, 
yeah, when they didn't have a roastery back then, but when I got the brewery going, they asked us if I'd do them, you know, a coffee beer, uh, and then I worked with them with um, how we actually extract the coffee. Um, we never, it never boils, which is a bit of a difference. A lot of breweries will boil it, and you get a lot of oil from that, which affects the head. Um, it'll sort of just make the head of the beer disappear um, and you also get a lot of bitterness if you boil the coffee for a long time. Uh, I'm wandering off a little bit. Uh, but, um, so yeah, so that when they started roasting the beans they asked us to do this beer which I said yeah, you know, we'll do it. It was supposed to be a one-off like all the other beers. Uh, but it was a bit of a winner. It's almost the only one that I'm quite happy with. Uh, you get that in a, well, a lot of brewers all tell you that they're never quite happy with what they've made, you know. Um, it's one of, uh, I've only compared to a golf swing almost, where it's a sort of a never ending quest of perfection. There's always something you could have tweaked, something you could have done. Um, What's behind the decision not to, not to have a core range? Uh, a little bit. My job before this was uh, I was a chef. Uh, which is where I started homebrewing with the other chef. Uh, when you're a chef, you make the same thing over and over and over and over again. <laughs> you know, over and over and over. And uh, so when I came here, I thought, well, I don't have to. Why, why, why is that the way? Because uh, it seemed to be a bit of a default. You open a brewery, you get yourself a core range, and you keep making them over and over. And uh, part of the thing that attracted me to brewing was the fact you know, you could start out with the same like base ingredients, treat them differently, and come out with a thousand different beers. You know, from the same, exactly the same things. You can, you know, all the different parts of the process, and uh, you can make it sweeter, drier, uh, you know, more bitter. The possibilities are endless. You know, um, so I thought, well, why bother? In a way, uh, a lot of people told me that I'd really struggle to get repeat customers that way, um, and I, I don't. I've found that, and I think it's better, really. You know, it's, and that, the idea was that I'd hope that people would see, like the, the the logo, and think, yeah, I've had a nice pint from there before. Hopefully, this one will be nice, and it, you know, some people would see it and think, yeah, that's probably going to be a good beer. Uh, so we'll try another one from them and keep it different. There's, there's, also there's hundreds of ingredients that you can use. So why, it just seems a shame to, to put yourself in a pigeonhole a little bit and say, right, this is the beer I'm going to make for the rest of the brewery's life. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, that was a little bit of, of why. And it keeps it interesting on my side. Uh, recently I've had a little bit of a phase of, I've been making drier beers um, over the summer maybe, you know, probably to taste. Now the winter's coming, I'm starting to give them a bit more body and sweetness and almost a bit, you know, almost season always, but yeah. And the hops are always different. Uh, right, so the brewery getting started and um, so probably almost a traditional route into the microbrew world was home brewing. Uh, Started home brewing. Well, the first one I did, I was 13 when I figured out that you could buy all the equipment to make beer when you were underage. You know, I was like, right, I'm having some of that. Did it in my bedroom, got drunk, went to school, got caught, 
that was the last time I homebrewed for quite some years. Uh, <laughs> I've been interested in it. I remember doing some history exam thinking, oh God, my God, what have I done? And uh, yeah, yeah, I got into trouble, big trouble uh, on that one. Uh, so then the next time we decided to have a go was uh, like later on in life. Uh, I was a chef. Um, fortunate enough to be working in the kitchen with one of my oldest friends. Um, so on our days off, the, the restaurant was shut on Sunday and Monday. We used to borrow bits out of the kitchen, <laughs> uh, the massive hundred litre pans, and uh, take it back to my place and cobble together some some homebrew stuff, you know, uh, an old cool box for a mash tun, and, and then the pans to heat up the water and to boil. And uh, we took them back, you know, obviously. We would have never got away with such, such stuff. But um, yeah, that's... It was just like an eye opener. We went straight in, tried to do all grain brewing. Didn't know really anything about it, following some old recipes. And the first time we did it, we ended up with a, you know, an all right beer. And uh, like, wow, yeah, like, you know, really good. We enjoyed it. And it's one of those things you can obsess about as much as you like. You know, the more you read, the more there is out there, what's going on in there, the science behind it. Um, and that is kind of what happened. We got a bit obsessed with it uh, and then everything became about maybe taking the step into this world. Uh, so I had a bit of luck on the way and a bit of bad luck in places, uh, managed to get going. Um, a little bit, so you think, right, maybe I could do this for a job and then you go out there and you start finding other breweries. So I'm from Huddersfield and you're never really far away from, from a brewery in Huddersfield. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I could hit a cider press with a stone from my front door, uh, and then there's um, summer wine breweries just down the road. Uh, obviously, there's, there's Magic Rock, there's Handrawn Monkey, who I used to go and, and volunteer up there whenever I could, just to get a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of actual industry experience and how to handle a bigger kit. Um, Tom, who's from Alphabet Brewery just down the road, was the head brewer there at the time. Uh, and I learnt a lot, a lot from Tom. Um, also the Mallinsons. Um, mostly, wherever I knocked, the door was opened and whatever I asked, it was answered. You know, secrets shared. I found the industry to be full of like lovely people, which is an attractive thing, really, especially coming from a stressful environment as a kitchen. You know, where it's not always lovely. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's found a, a lovely set of people, which I continue to do. You know, I've made loads of like new friends, which is, you know, it's, it's nice. It can, like the, the other brewers in, in, in Manchester, definitely, they're all, you know, a good bunch of people. Mm. Um, so that was an attractive thing. Um, no, the next one was um, thoughts on Indie Man. So I suppose, You've, you've brewed a special beer for it as well, haven't you? So yeah, you could, you could, you could quickly. Away over there. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was a fig. porter, is it? Yeah. Thoughts on Indie Man? Did it exciting? Yeah. It just seems like a. I mean, the people that run it are, are, are sound. You know, Matt was. Uh, who's part? Who's, I don't really know how many people are organising it. I see like Claudia and uh, and Matt uh, involved a lot. And uh, yeah, I had a lovely day. Came down for the brew yesterday, chopped some figs, about 50 kilos of figs, like a mountain. Of them. And uh, that's another thing, I've never met him, but he's like just another one of those people 
who have met through the brewing world who's just had a really good laugh all day and um, the festival's great, yeah, the building's amazing, there's loads of good beer on. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, thoughts on the... On, how does it, it, it differ to other festivals, do you think? Because it is very different, isn't it? Yeah. In many ways, so to what you, like, I remember one of my youth used to go to Canberra festivals and I still enjoy them to an extent, but they're very, very, very different. You know, the food, yeah. the atmosphere, yeah, the demographic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, those things. I mean, I've got to try not to... No, no yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I do prefer a beer festival where I can go and get a load of keg beer because that's, I probably fluctuate actually a little bit. I probably grab, like prefer it. You know, if I had to pick one, it'd probably be keg. Uh, so that that's ace. It's also, I don't know, the building adds a lot to the festival, I think, because it's almost, you can explore the building. There's all the little rooms there. You, know, you can go into the different pools. Yeah, no, but it's it's just you know there's all the the all the like the Victorian changing rooms down the side of the yeah. pools where people different people end up sitting in them in various conditions uh, throughout the the festival. Um, um, what next for the brewery? Right, yeah, well, um, from a small business point of view, sort of got like out of the mud, if you like, of that first sort of initial period where. Everything's like cash flows, the nightmare. Um, so expanding a little bit in the same building, got another another fermenter ordered, and uh, already got a couple of conditioning tanks, which the fermenter's gonna pretty much just um, feed the conditioning tanks. Um, so there'll be a lot more a lot more keg coming out. Um, I'm still struggling to find like an economic way of bottling that I can live with. Because you can outsource your bottling, but everyone seems to filter or pasteurise it. That seems part of the surface service, so that's still gonna stay on a small scale until something else is out there that I can do. By small scale, I can do about 400 a day, um, which uh, is nothing really. Um, that's all day from Coldsworth. Many thanks to both Ollie and Connor for the interview. For more information on Squawk, you can follow them on Twitter at Squawk Brewing Co. Or you can find them on the internet at www.squawkbrewingco.com.